G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post's preview podcast for the weekend of Saturday, February 17. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Joel Marshall and Carl Diorio. Uh, well, Joel, second Group 1 in Australia for the new year is the Black Caviar Lightning on Saturday. It is a very short-priced favourite in Imperatrice, despite an allegedly unimpressive trial recently. And this race has been a graveyard for favourites since Chautauqua won as the popular pick in 2016. Since then, we've had, uh, well, Nature Strip got rolled twice at very short prices. Nature Strip won the year that he wasn't the favourite when Bivouac was a short price favourite. So um, how do you read all that? Yeah, it's interesting, Barks. And I guess the... The recent trial where she looked a little bit lacklustre, but albeit against some pretty strong company, uh, just, um, yeah, throws a bit more shade over it. But, uh, yeah, the the boogie's not giving us black odds, though. She uh, she eased out a little bit, I think $1.70 to $1.85 or $1.90. So it's going to be interesting to see whether she keeps on the drift or if the big punters just, uh, you know, the old adage, trial is a trial. And... Race day's race day, and she uh, looked pretty good on race day several times last prep. So, yeah, I, I think she'll stay around that mark. I don't think she'll be drifting out too much. I think that what we saw last spring was uh, pretty special, and uh, I think most people would be thinking that she'll be able to to be pretty hard to beat. But it's uh, you know always interesting these uh, early season Group 1 sprints because we've got the three-year-olds uh, in there. Of course, Cylinder didn't show his best down the straight in the Coolmore and I'm unstoppable who was following Cylinder and probably stopped him from winning uh, because Cylinder came back in his lap. Uh, of course, he charged home for second. So really interesting to see how those three-year-olds go and there's uh, yeah, plenty, of other, plenty of other angles to the race, albeit just the eight runners. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would expect Imperatrice to get out and nudge black figures, but I guess the, the question is you've got to, someone's got to be, back to beat her and uh, a thousand metres is you know uh, on paper a bit short for most of them yeah well that's right Pri- uh, you know, private eye is you know, he's such a, a versatile horse I mean you, you can sort of back him at a lot of distances but a thousand that's probably just a shade short of him and and yeah the others um, you know sort of Espiona would probably surprise the astrologist probably not going well enough and Bellinipatino will People always seem to f- forget to back Bellinipatina. She seems to go around over the odds all the time, but she's she's good enough to pose some sort of a threat. And you know, I guess the two three year olds are the are the ones. How much have they improved? Um, I reckon that's that's probably the key to to whether Imperatrice drifts and whether she wins. Just uh, how much improvement have these three year olds got? And Carl, the other uh, well, one of the other interesting races at Flemington on Saturday is the Elms Handicap, where uh, as you've detailed in Winning Posts. This week, uh, Jimmy Starr is going around. He's going to be expected to win, really, uh, although obviously a much bigger field than Imperatrice is facing. And uh, as far as you can see, that uh, the All-Star Mile is uh, fitting in quite nicely into his program en route to the Doncaster. Yeah, it's it's quite an odd quirk of the, um, the uh, racing jurisdictions, I suppose. They probably... When they outline the calendars, they, they want to ensure that the lead-ups in their own home state fit their own main target. And the balloting conditions for this year's Doncaster Mile incentivise horses with uh, a higher handicap rating than those based on their weight allocation against their um, weight for age 
figure. So in, in, in simple terms, Jimmy Starr, by finishing top four in the All-Star Mile, if indeed his form warrants it and he goes to the race and he runs top four, that would be enough for him to get into the Doncaster Mile. And it might actually be the better uh, pathway for him rather than going through a lead-up in Sydney in a group two or group three and, and, and be running against inferior or lesser rated horses and, and, and finish uh, second or third or just miss out on those ballot-free um, penalty-free races. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one and, and one to monitor how um, the trainers program their horses towards the Doncaster, uh, given it is the uh, one of the richest uh, handicap mile races in Australia. All righty. Well, we will... Uh... Kick ourselves off at Flemington, although there's also there's uh, a big card at Randwick as well with uh, three Group 2s and a couple of other black-type races. But uh, we'll start off at Flemington, where the first of the black-type races is race three for the two-year-olds, the TCL Talindit Stakes, 1,100 metres down the straight five and a half, and uh, it is a listed race at set weights and penalties, Joel. Yeah, I'm happy to have a bet here. I like number 10, Continental Kiss. I've quite liked what I've seen of this filly and her jump outs. had a couple of jump outs on her home track at Mornington and then went to the Cranbourne official trials and thought she did a good job just parked in behind the speed. Saw late clear air and wasn't asked to extend by Jamie White and I thought she did a, a good job to finish fourth. And that was on the back of a, a runaway jump out win at Mornington. I think she's crazy odds at $26. So be having something on her to beat Six Eject, who has certainly looked uh, talented in his jump out work uh, well bred type by street boss i expect him to go well on debut nine champagne tonight seems to be all the rage she's been well backed uh, sometimes those jump out winners that go to the front and win by 10 often uh, come up short and often get beat but she is well bred and certainly has speed and talent and i think she'll be competitive and three aardvark he was a long way off uh, the top two in the debutant stakes uh, but that's been a strong form line uh, with Arabian Summer and Coleman both going on to good things. So I think uh, if he's made any sort of improvement, then he can be competitive in his second campaign. But I like 10 each way from 6, 9 and 3. Gone with Eject. Uh, this is the Street Boss Colt on debut for Godolphin and Anthony and Sam Friedman. He finished midfield in a jump out on January 16 at the Caulfield Heath track. He was wide all the way and uh, the stable believed that he was uh, short of fitness and then he went to Belnaring and he led throughout and won that jump out quite easily. Um, just keen to be on uh, on him on an H-way basis at around $10 and he puts in a very good performance here. It wouldn't even surprise me if he backed up seven days later and went to the Blue Diamond. But uh, uh, I've got him in on top from nine champagne tonight, a fellow first starter, the other runner that did catch my eye was three Ardevark, who was placed in the debutant stakes behind Coleman and then counter-offensive who just led them up too quickly last time in the chairman stakes and ran third. I've gone six, nine, three and two. Uh, I am with uh, eject from Champagne tonight as well. And I've got uh, Joel's pick continental kissing for third. Ardevark fourth, six, nine, ten and three. Across to race five at Flemington on Saturday, Francis Tressidy Stakes, 1,400 metre group three, set weights and penalties uh, for fillies and mares. And uh, pretty sure I've got the odd fun fact about this race. Uh, 
Um, oh, let me see here. Francis Tressidy, as we just uh, know, mere older than five, has won since Coniston Gem in 2008. And uh, so that's bad news for Sparkle. And that's just a bit. And Riverport, although Riverport's an import, so it's probably. Oh, no, she is six now. Um, and Foxy Frieda. The, the favourite has won the Francis Tressidy each of the past four years. Joel, will the favourite win this year? Yeah, I've tipped her, wish or lass, expecting her to run favourite. Um, probably not a race I'm too keen to get involved in. I don't think there's a lot of value to be had, but I'm with wish or, uh, wish or lass. She did a good job last prep. Uh, went from a benchmark 70 win and then two group three wins and ended up taking on... Uh, or the best mares around in the Group 1 Empire Rose and just wasn't able to get control like she had done previously in that race. So I thought she didn't do too bad a job, really, to beat more than half a field home. Uh, you'd expect her to have improved in the break, and if she has, I think she can go forward here and take beating. Ten Eternal Flames going well. It was a strong win last start at Caulfield, just coming back a, a peg in grade. Uh, but I think she is capable of measuring up to something like this. One revolutionary miss is a talent. She'd struggled to win races, but she's won two of her past three, and her last run at the Gold Coast was excellent. So her confidence is high, and she's drawn barrier one. She'll get a nice, sweet trip, and four vagrant. Uh, certainly brings great form here. She's uh, won three in a row, and back out to 1,400, no issue. Three, ten, one, four. Pretty much identical numbers. I've gone three, ten, one, and two. Uh, Wishlaw Lass, I reckon. I think is better suited at 1,400 than a mile, even though she won those two group threes leaving throughout at the end of last campaign. I think 1,400 is her best distance. She is undefeated from four attempts over the trip. Expect her to be prominent throughout and hard to beat. From Eternal Flame, great win off a wide run last time. Revolutionary Miss, another one that uh, is... is uh, you know, just this is her right level, drawn kindly barrier one with the residual fitness on her side. And then Foxy Frieda always seems to race uh, better in the autumn than the spring. And I am with Wishlaw Lass from Revolutionary Miss, Eternal Flame and Vagrant 3, 1, 10 and 4. Very similar numbers to Joel. Uh, race number... Six at Flemington on Saturday is the TAB Vanity. 1,400 metres, set weights and filly, uh, penalties for three-year-old fillies. A group three-level job. Yeah, um, tricky race. I think it's wide open. Um, two up the top are pretty well found in the market, but both drawn wide. And I think there's a few others in the race that, yeah, just improving types that could take the next step. So I think it's a, a bit of a wide race. But I've... And I have gone for one at a bit of odds. Number six, French Endeavour. Uh, one of the Sydney fillies. She tackled some of the strong races through the spring. It's sandwiched in between those. She got a class one win at Hawkesbury. Uh, she was fourth in the T-Rose. That was probably her best effort, tackling the T-Rose, the Silver Shadow and the Flight. And that was over the 1,400 from gate 14. She really attacked the line well. First up, 1,200. Uh, the race just wasn't run to suit. Uh, we had the top two in running, run one, two. And she was sort of back on the inside and never really able to, to build momentum. I thought she did enough. And I like that Matthew Smith sent her down here for this 1,400 race second up. She's pretty good odds, 20 to one. Uh, two Molly Nickers in for second, did a good job last time in. Had a bit of a freshen after the Caulfield win. Her Atlantic jewel run was good. And then went 1,200 to 1,600 in the flight and was very good. So uh, you'd expect that sort of form to hold up well here. 12, Luzjika, 
uh, from the Ma Eustace stable was good on debut at Seymour and then even better at Geelong. That was a nice win uh, out of the 1,000 guineas winner, Aloysia. So it should just continue to improve. And for fourth, I've got number one, Infatuation. Fit, in form, uh, stable going well, should be very competitive. As I said, there's a few others there that uh, I think can measure up. Donegal, Pink Shandon, and even Grinzinger Bell coming off what I thought was a pretty good jump out. So I think it's a wide race. But I've gone 6 2 12 1. And with Pink Shandon, who is a very good last up, Packman Maven winner, settled three back on the fence on that occasion. They went fairly slow and she made the most of inside runs and drew clear the win by three lengths. That was her first attempt at 1,400. Um, I think she's uh, really progressive and, and, and will only get better as the distances extend this campaign. I think the mile would be even more to her liking. But she looks uh, very hard to beat here uh, from Infatuation, who's got the right form on the board, a, a good win last time all the way in Sydney. Uh, Luzika in for third and Molly Nick is in for fourth. Nine, one, twelve, and two. And uh, I am with a selection. In fact, I've made her my best of the day. That goes against both my fun facts about the vanity, which is uh, no vanity winner has carried a saddlecloth higher than six since Musadora back in 2008. And no vanity winner has jumped from a double figure barrier since Forest Express all the way back in 2000. Well, I am with Donegal who is carrying number seven and at this stage is jumping from number 10. But I guess if anything is scratched inside her, she avoids that hoodoo. Um, and I've got Molly Nickers, Pink Shondon and Louis Zika in for fourth, seven, two, nine and 12. First leg of the quaddy at Flemington on Saturday is the males division of that vanity race and that is the CSA stakes, 1,400 metres. Group three, set weights and penalties. Um, and Richo has got, uh, it is in fact the 100th anniversary of the birth of C.S. Hayes around about now. And Richo's got a feature on him in this week's winning post. But uh, more importantly, at this stage, Joel, what's going to win the C.S. Hayes stakes? Yeah, I've gone for King Colorado. made him my best of the day. I thought he was excellent first up in the Manfred over the 1,200. Uh, carrying the penalty, running on strongly behind the stablemate, Brave Mead. He's obviously got the penalty again here with 59.5, but I think he's going to really enjoy getting to Flemington. 1,600 third up in a couple of weeks in the Guinea. He's probably going to be you know, even harder to beat, but just think he's come back in really good order, and yeah, as I said, he's going to enjoy Flemington. So pretty keen on him, but I can also save on number 11, Hay Fat Cat, who I thought was really good last week at Caulfield. Strong backing for him, but then just lost at the start. Uh, slow away, settled too far back, and late splits were excellent. So he went up big odds earlier in the week. He's trimmed up a bit now, but he's still, uh, you know, if, it, if you're like me, you like the favourite and you like him, you can still potentially back both. Three, run Harry Run in for third. Did a really good job in that first campaign. Beaten on debut when uh, totally unlucky, and then proceeded to win three on the bounce. So... He's obviously a, a talented customer. He's just got a tricky gate to contend with here first up. And I'll put uh, number seven, Otago. Uh, just with the fitness edge, up and going, winner at Flemington already. He needs to take another step, but hasn't really done much wrong to date. So I thought he might be able to run a race while he's got that bit of a fitness edge on the classier rivals. Two on top, though, King Colorado from 11, 3 and 7. Great race. Always is a great race, the C.S. Hayes or the Debonair, as it was once known. I've gone with Hay Fat Cat, who backs up from that eye-catching run in the Autumn Stakes. Um, just was slow out, 
got a long way back. Race wasn't run to suit. Uh, Michael D didn't thrash him around, but he was strong through the line the last 200 metres. He ran the quickest last 200 of the race, and he was powering to the line at the end of 1,400. So I think the Australian Guineas is on his agenda. Um, hopefully he jumps on terms, and if he does, he, he might be able to take a more prominent position than, than what he did last week and be hard to beat. I respect Run Harry Run as well, who's also around about that $11 or $12 mark, so I'll probably have something on both. Run Harry Run has been working well at the Flemington jump-outs ahead of his resumption. Of course, he ended last campaign by winning the Blue Sapphire. King Colorado, it was hard, hard to miss his first up performance in the Manfred. He's got obvious claims. And the Moore, uh, horse number four, didn't see the best of him in the spring. Uh, he's still a cult. His two-year-old form was very good, and at first up over 1,400 should be respected with Jamie Carr aboard. I've gone 11, 3, 2, and 4. And I've gone with King Colorado to beat Riff Rocket, Hey Fat Cat, and Otago, 2, 1, 11, and 7. The big one is Race 8, the Black Caviar Lightning, 1,000 metres, standard weight for age. Group 1, it is worth a million dollars. Fun facts, past 11 winners have been first up. As are six of the eight runners here. Um, no lightning winner. Well, we can forget about that double-figure barrier because there's only eight in it. Uh, no favourite as one as I mentioned since Tutorqua back in 2016. And no lightning winner ever has started at a price higher than 20 to 1. Joel, tell us who's going to win. Yeah, well, I think it'll be Imperatriz. I'll put her on top. Uh, not really a race I'll... Oh, I might take a Quinella with Bell and Epitina. That might be my bet for the race, just for an interest. But I've got Imperatriz on top. Putting the uh, um, scratchy trial aside, she was just too good in the spring to, uh, to I think, to oppose here. Uh, Bell and Epitina in for second, just such a model of consistency. Um, always seems to go out over her true odds. And then I've put the three-year-olds in. Either one of these two could really take the next step. Seven cylinder, as I said, I think you can put a pen through that Coolmore run. Just didn't see the best dream. It was a uh, you know, had pulled up with a poor recovery, end of run prep. I don't think there's much between him. And I am unstoppable, who did run second in that race. Uh, just a private eye wouldn't shock me, but just risking him. just think you really need a true 1,000-metre horse here, and I'm not sure that he is that. So with the favourite, four from three, seven, and eight. Yeah, uh, Cylinder's my tip. And he's $12, and sometimes you look at prices of horses and you start to second-guess yourself. Um, you know, he won the vein and the run to the Rose, first and second up last prep. Then he's run third in the Golden Rose off a three-wide run, beaten a whisker by Militarise. And then he's run fifth in the Everest, beaten a length. Um, his form is fantastic. Then the Coolmore blip, which the slow recovery, the end of prep run. He shouldn't be $12. It kind of is a bit of a flashing light to me, so... I kind of want to see his price firm up before I dive into him. But if I'm going to have a bet, it will be Cylinder each way. Um, ahead of then, uh, I am Unstoppable, who did finish behind Cylinder in the Vane Stakes, first up last prep, and uh, then performed consistently thereafter. So I'm with the three-year-olds. Private Eye in next, and then Imperatriz. I'm not going to say that I'd be shocked if Imperatriz won, but uh, I certainly don't want to be touching a eighty based on uh, what we saw in that trial. And, uh, yeah, favourites have had a bit of a tricky time winning the race, as you said, Bark. So I've gone seven, eight, one and four. Uh, yeah, well, I'm with the favourite Imperatries to beat Private Eye. I am Unstoppable Cylinder, four, one, eight, seven. 
And the last of the black type events at Flemington on Saturday is race nine. Uh, we referred to it earlier, the Elms Handicap. It is a listed race over 1,400 metres. Um, Jimmy Starr is going to be very short. Only one tipster in winning post has gone against Jimmy Starr, and it is a person who is on this podcast. But first, I'll go to you, Joel. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's not me. Um, 12 Jimmy Starr. Tipped on top, I think he's just hard to tip against off that first up win. And, yeah, he just looks very progressive, doesn't he? So he's hard to tip against, hard probably to back, though, at his current odds. Uh, I'll be taking exotics with him and Wellwell, number five. And I have had something on Wellwell each way. I thought 26 and five was uh, too good to pass up for him. He is a talented import. Uh, well, well, we saw him perform pretty well 12 months ago in Sydney without winning. It's obviously, just wasn't right in the spring. He'd jump out to a bit if he turned up once at Caulfield. He drew the outside gate and throat issues, was lame. So just completely forget that. I like the fact that they've given him a confidence boost in jump out, where he really stretched out and put a gap on them at Flemington the other day. So... Yeah, I suppose I'm talking myself into him. Maybe you should tip him on top. But no, I think Jimmy Starr, hard to beat. Well, well, a good each-way bet. 10 Carini in for third is a talent and wouldn't shock me. First up, last prep. Excellent third behind Amenable, which is good form. And two Barclay Square. Probably needs a run, but uh, was fourth first up, last prep. And yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see him around that sort of minor money again. 12, 5, 10 and 2. Well, in my defence, when I was doing these tips, I was uh, doing it in the dark and uh, <laughs> I was uh, uh, sort of with our power. But uh, I've gone Karini on top. And, and the reason being is I remember that first up run last campaign behind Amenable, who I thought was a bit stiff later on in the preparation in the Torak. And my recollection of that race was uh, Karini was gaining on Amenable on the line. He got back. He had a three, four wide run around the home turn. And he was picking up strong. He had market support. It was a fantastic run. And, and around about $12, big Flemington track. I think this can play into his hands. He definitely shouldn't be $12. Jimmy Starr, $1.50. Gee, that's a, a bit of unders for mine. He, he did win nicely first up at uh, Caulfield. But, uh, you know, this is, yeah, he's another another step up, another entry to Stakes Company and $1.50 is too short, uh, but definitely can win. Third number, Levin Kabling, consistent, honest, and ditto, not an option, horse number one, who loves the Flemington 1400. I've gone 10, 12, 11, and one. Uh, yeah, I'm with Jimmy Starr to beat two, Barclay Square, one, not an option, and eight, Windstorm, 12, two, one, and eight. Um, Joel, we have heard about your specials, which was uh, best was race seven, number two, King Colorado, and value bet race three, number 10, Continental Kiss. We have just heard about Carl's value bet, and that was race nine, number 10, Karini. Carl, tell us about your best who comes up in the last where there's also a horse who you have uh, tipped on several occasions on this podcast when the horse was racing in Brisbane. Uh, but you, as the Victor Kayam of Winning Post, you'll remember Victor Kayam. He liked the shave so much that he bought the company of uh, Remington. <laughs> well, you you like the horse so much that you were bought into Bullfinch. But tell us why Bel Air is your best on the card. And you might notice there's another name uh, of the my brother's in the ownership as well. So there's a lot of culpability here if the horse doesn't perform well, Bullfinch. But um, 
Yeah, my best is Belair, who uh, beat Helix uh, two starts ago. And then last time at Flemington, just uh, sat way too close to a fast pace. They ran 122.3 for the 1400. And uh, he went down swinging, beaten a length by So Risque. And uh, he, uh, what's the horse? He's our Bonneval, who is also in this race. But draws well again, I'm hoping just doesn't get as exposed to a fast pace. And uh, I think all things being equal, around about four to one, be hard to beat. The favourite in this race, uh, I've got time for, uh, which is Punch Lane. But you couldn't have scripted a better run uh, last time when he won at Caulfield. And for mine, is a bit of unders at $2.50. Can win, but... I'd rather be in the corner of Bel Air, who I think is is the better horse. All righty. My best, as I mentioned, was Donegal. Um, and my value bet is race is comes up in race two. Um, and that is cute as. And uh, I think that we have just my... Uh, yes, my... Uh, connection to the server has just uh, decided to take that opportunity to drop out. Uh, but I can tell you that Kudos, who last start was in the um, uh, Jeffrey Belmain, the uh, the Group 3 for Mares, uh, over-raced there. If you forget that run, go back to the previous couple, then uh, she's uh, back back in a benchmark 70. And uh, if as long as the outside is the place to be down the straight, uh, would have to be every chance. So I can tell you that that is... Race two, number 11, Q's as, and my best was race six, number seven, Donegal. So we'll head north now to Randwick, Royal Randwick, and uh, the first of the black type races there, if I'm not too much mistaken, is race five, and that is the, or in fact, is there, yeah, no, there is, no, that's not a listed race, that two-year-old race. So race five is the James Squire Expressway Stakes, 1,200 metres, set weights and penalties for three-year-olds at Group 2 level, Joel? Yeah, probably a two-horse race between King of Sparta and Buenos Notches, but I've gone with Buenos Notches. He was very good winning first up. This track and trip, last preparation with the 58 and a half. Uh, he gets in a bit better at the weights here. His trials have been sound. Nashville Willer to ride prior to that. His fresh runs prior to that were a... Uh, Another win and a pretty good effort in the Lightning over the 1,000. So I think kicking off at 1,200 to the go. He's on top of King of Sparta. Well, he's got the fitness edge, and he's just up and going off that fast win at the Gold Coast. So fitness edge, James McDonald, barrier two. Maybe the market starts to lean back his way. I wouldn't be shocked if he ran favourite. Two cold crusher, uh, strong on pace. A little bit better when he can control things maybe over a touch further. He's going to have Melkovich for company here. So... Probably just a place hope and a golden mile in for four. Talented customer, but probably gets better with a run. Four, one, two, three. Similar numbers. I've gone one King of Sparta on top with the fitness advantage. Great win at the Gold Coast once again on Magic Millions Day. To beat favourite Bonus Notches, who uh, you know can't really fault his form, but I just think the fitness advantage and the slight price differential appeals for King of Sparta. Uh, further, I've put in two Cold Crusher and fourth number three Golden Mile. I've gone one, four, two, and three. Race six at Randwick on Saturday is uh, the Robrick Lodge Triscay Stakes, and this is a Group Three quality for Mets. 
job. Now, going number four, Saint Magique. Uh, she was much better odds earlier in the week, but she's um, yeah, that's sort of trimmed up. She's still only won one race, and that was on debut. And of course, she finished that spring preparation with a second in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. She had a long time off. She came back last prep, and she was placed just once from five. So you look at it, and you go, yeah, she was probably a touch disappointed. I was probably expecting more. But her first up run in the Cochrane was her only 1,200-metre run against her own sex. And she was pretty good for fourth. She took on the boys next start, ran third to Star Patrol. They tried 1,400 in the Tristark, didn't work. And then her next two runs at 1,200, again, both down the straight. Uh, she was in that blanket finish uh, or, uh, in the Rising Fast in the race that Najem Zuhail went out with the big lead. And then they backed her up in the Group 1 and she was just a, a found wanting. I think her jump outs have been good. I like the fact that Graham Begg centred north uh, tells me she's ready to run a big race. Got her ahead of Six Diamond Dealer, who won really well first up in 78 grade with 59 kilos. She drops five kilos, she'll be fitter, and she has group form from last prep, so she doesn't really need to improve an awful lot. Five Valentia, very impressive winning first up last prep. Didn't go on with it, but had a few excuses, some white gates uh, and the like when she was up in class. And two Samana. I think they always had their eyes on the Apollo, uh, but uh, this race fell away a little bit and hence they're gunning here. She's fit, in form and off a good win at the Gold Coast. Has to be a threat. But four on top from six, five and two. Yeah, Alentia on top for me. Um, just one well first up last prep and then things didn't really quite, quite go the plan. I think she can start off this prep on the right note and this might be her time to shine. From Samana, uh, has the fitness edge, a great win in the Magic Millions Cup. And uh, Kieran Ma did contemplate uh, going to the CF4 Stakes uh, with Samana before thinking uh, better of it. But, uh, you know, that just maybe speaks volumes about what he thinks of this mare potentially uh, later in their career. Third, number four, say Majik. And fourth, number six, Diamond Dealer. I've gone five, two, four, and six. Race seven at Randwick on Saturday, Petaluma Apollo Stakes, 1,400 metres, wait for age, group two, Joel. Yeah, old favourite returns here, fangirl. Um, and every time she seems to return, there's uh, some dodgy forecast around and there's some showers predicted, but doesn't look uh, all that scary. So I think, uh, you know, as long as we're on a soft track, then she'll get her chance. Wish she drew a better gate, but... Um, that's what she's been dealt with, and I think uh, she will be very, very hard to beat. Uh, four, Buckaroo. I'm a bit hard to have a save when Fangirl's so short, but he's the one that I'm really scared of. Just He's been trialling really well. I think he's there to run a big race first up, and we saw him perform pretty well in two spring runs. Ten, Militarise in for third. I think they're still weighing up whether they run or whether they wait for the Hobart Bill next week. Uh, but, uh, you know, with a, a cult like this, they wouldn't be wasting runs. So I think if he's here, then he's going to be a chance and in for fourth, number one, think it over. He took a couple of runs last prep, but that was off that very long spell. Not off as long a break here. So he may be a bit sharper and a little bit more forward. But uh, Fangirl on top, the one to beat. Eight from four, ten, one. Worked around similar numbers. I've gone Buckaroo on top. Uh, like the horse a lot. Um, the trials, as you said, Joel, have been fantastic. If there's any rain, if it gets maybe past that soft six range, it's definitely advantage Buckaroo. He, he excels when there's a bit of give in the grounds and I uh, think he'll run a good race first up. If there isn't the rain uh, and it is maybe soft five, good four, then Fangirl obviously is the one to beat. And uh, 
maybe you'd lean heavy into her. I've got her in for second, third, number 10, Militarise, and then for fourth, number seven, Lindemann. Four, eight, ten, and seven for the great race. Last of the black type races in uh, Rambic on Saturday is race eight, TAB, Lightfingers Stakes. 1,200 metres set weights for three-year-old fillies at Group 2 level. Joel? Yeah, excellent race. There's some good fillies here, and I guess you're just taking a punt on which of them have uh, come back the better um, off their spell. Uh, but I've, uh, well, I'm putting that aside because I'm going for one that is up and going. Number 12, Steffi Magnetica. Big step up in grade, and she's got to measure up, but uh, I thought the 20-1 to 1 was enticing for her. So she won at Orange first up. That was more like a barrier trial. And then she went to Flemington, uh, not in the best part of the track, out wide, but she stormed to the line, finished second. And then at Rose Hill the other day, I think she would have gone close to winning. She got held up, checked, had to get round heels. And that was in a race that just wasn't run to suit. And she still charged for third. The on-pace Quinella kicked away. I uh, thought it was a terrific run. So she's going to need a little bit of luck from the gate. And yeah, as I said, she's got to step up and, and show that she's up to some of these better ones. But I think at the odds, she's worth the punt. Two, Tis Invincible, I think will be the hardest to beat. Beat the boys first up last prep, then beat the girls her next two before missing out at group one level. Uh, three, Learning to Fly. Well, she looked outstanding this time last year. Three on the trot before that mishap in the slipper. Off a long break, but uh, too good to ignore. And four, Mumbai Muse. I was tossing up between her or Komachi. They're the other sort of obvious hopes. Komachi will go in the quaddy, but I put Mumbai Muse in for fourth. Her form last prep was all very, very good, apart from the 1,400-metre run. So sprinting trip, first up, good gait. Uh, she's the one that possibly over the odds. So I'm with 12 each way from two, three, and four. You've just made the case for Mumbai Muse, and, and that's my selection. That sprinting form's very good. That one failure in the T-Rose where she didn't seem to run it out, maybe she'll just have the sprinting edge with some of these fillies uh, waiting for the surrounds, uh, the first group one eligible for the three-year-old fillies this year. So uh, Mumbai Muse on top from your top selection, Steffi Magenta, who was unlucky, as you said, uh, they dashed home and the final 600 was in 33-6 or 33-8 and, and her sectionals were blistering to, to, to get through the line despite hitting those traffic problems. Third, I've put in horse number two, Tis Invincible, and three, Learning to Fly off the long break after losing the rider in the Golden Slipper. Great race for the beat 12, two and three. All right, we've heard about Joel's specials. Race six, number four, Saint Magique, his value bet, and his best was race seven, number eight, Fangirl. But, Carl, in characteristic fashion, you have left the best to last, so uh, tell us about your specials in races nine and ten. Yeah, race nine, number three, Logan Street Lion, is my value bet. This horse was uh, an eye-catcher first up behind the Stadio Mastaya. Uh, they dashed home, and, and the tempo was against them. Logan Street Lion hit the line hard. Uh, he's a previous winner second up, but he does uh, he, he should appreciate the step up to the mile here uh, from a low draw. And my best bet is uh, Grace Styler, race ten, number three. This mare was particular. Uh, this gelding, I should say, uh, has been placed at his past two starts. He got back and found the line nicely. Two starts go in a strongly run race, and then uh, the tempo wasn't as favourable last time and he was third behind infatuation. Barrier three, shouldn't get as far back, hopefully. A few non-winners in this race, and uh, uh, Grace Styler hasn't won for over 700 days, but uh, this just might be her time to shine. Uh, his time to shine, I should say. All righty. They are racing at, 
on the Parks track in at Morfordville in Adelaide on Saturday. Carl, what have you found for us there? Best bet of the day is race seven, number two, tap in for par. Tap in for par. Uh, one three starts go up Murray Bridge over the 1,400 metres. And then last time uh, was an eye-catcher. Settled midfield in a slowly run race and ran Sandy Prince to a half length, uh, finishing strongly. And actually did um, uh, pull up lame two starts go, so should be forgiven for the uh, unplaced effort in between those runs. And where's the tongue-tie first time? My value selection comes up in the last race, nine number 10, Lil Hank. Lil Hank was uh, placed, was a runner-up over this track and distance last start behind Rising Legend, hit the line strongly. Uh, on that occasion, I was actually in the corner of San Lucido, who's a rival in this race. Um, but I do think, having watched that race, he does look to have the measure of him, is reasonably well-weighted. And I do note, was an eye-catcher three starts ago behind tap-in for par, who is my best bet, obviously, just before, two races before. So if the form line is Franks, would tap in for par winning race seven, maybe have something a little bit extra in the final event. All righty. Eagle Farm, the venue for Brisbane racing on Saturday. Over to you again, Joel. Well, my best bet there is uh, race nine, number six, Hollywood North. This is a horse that has a decent mile record. Um, he has had four starts over the mile for one win and two placings. Last time he was fourth over the 1350, getting back to last from the outside barrier and running home strongly behind Vimiel, who'd been promising to win for quite some time. Uh, races on the quick turnaround here, but I, I think he's got the measure of the favourite, Betcha the Crown. I think he's 1,600 metre form. Uh, it just holds him in good stead. My value selection is a horse that I've had a little bit of time for, Petersham, race eight, number 16, has had two starts for Tony Gollan, finishing fourth and third in Doombin Midweekers. This is a, represents a step up in grade, but uh, down on the limit weight and has, uh, you know, has got enough upside to clear this bar, I think. Um, and I have noticed a bit of early market support opens up around about 11 or $12, now only six or seven. So Petersham, race eight, number 16 is the value bet. Alrighty, uh, they are racing at Pinjarra in WA on Saturday. Uh, at least we think they are because uh, they're constantly chopping and changing where and when they are racing over there with very little notice given, but uh, who are we to complain? It is Magic Millions Day, which is uh, traditionally these days held at uh, Pinjarra and uh, the two big races are race seven and eight, the three-year-old trophy and the two-year-old classic. And the uh, in the three-year-old trophy, uh, our Perth man, Greg Hooper, likes Storm Chaser to beat Bondi Bubbles, Shooting Spirit and Rocket Juice. That's two, four, 11 and five. His value bet comes up in the two-year-old race, and that's one more too many to beat Golden Veil, Big Shots and Define Beautiful, one, eight, three and 11. So race eight, number one, his value bet and his best. Earn on the program, race four, number three, Petula. Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman, they are racing at Ellerslie, where it's Avondale Cup Day, and at Ascot Park. Yes, Parks, just the eight races at Ellerslie, but a really good meeting. As you said, Avondale Cup, Avondale Guineas, good sprint race for the three-year-olds. Uh, made my best in the last. The 2100 Benchmark 65, this is a race... 
Uh, they always run on the same day as the Avondale Guineas, and you get a few three-year-olds that perhaps couldn't get in that feature race or just a slightly um, uh, sort of not quite up to that race yet, but perhaps looking for an Oaks or Derby. And I'm with one of those in the Philly Kealoha, number 13. Nice debut, and then went right on with it at her second start. She's by the Autumn Sun out of Norzita. Uh, former Group 1 winning Aussie filly, so has a great pedigree. She's drawn barrier one. Never easy for these three-year-olds to meet the older horses, especially over these longer trips that uh, you often see them come undone. But I think she's pretty handy, so I think she'll be hard to beat. Race 8, number 13. My value bet is in the three-year-old sprint race, the Uncle Rima Stakes, race 5. Plenty of nice types here. Just hoping there's speed on and that they can run on because that will suit my tip, Fox Glove, uh, number 11 from the O'Sullivan and Scott Yard. The debut was good without a lot of luck. She was super impressive next time. And then last start, came back from 1,200 to 1,100. It was always the negative, but she was really storming home late. And if it had been 1,200, she would have won. I think she's a good each-way play in an open race. Uh, in the features, the Guineas, on with the Philly Orchestral. I think she'll just... Uh, turn up and win but i'll be taking exotics with the weapon number nine and moss invader number four both seeing good odds and i'm with asterix a former new zealand derby winner in the avondale cup just got too far back the race passed him by the other day uh, in a lead-up race against quite a few of these uh, just thought the drop in weight step up in trip and blinkers going back on uh, he hasn't had them on this prep did carry them when he won the derby he could be a big improver and at Ascot Park, uh, Invercargill, down in the South Island. Waiting till late in the day, my best is Miss Pearl, race nine, number 12. She's been around the mark of late without a lot of luck. I think if she can just get a, uh, the brakes go her way, she'll be hard to beat. And value bet, well, we're going again with unusual affair. If she gets in, third emergency, so needs a, a few scratchings to get in. Last two starts I've been with her, and you can make a case she should have won both times. She ran third, then last start almost third, just beat the lip and ran fourth. And yeah, both good odds, both times. She'll be good odds again. If she gets a run, I think she can perform quite well from a good barrier. All righty. That wraps up a massive Saturday of racing around Australasia. Bring us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, the pressure is on me because uh, I still haven't had a click since I got back from my Christmas holiday. Um, so, uh, however, the boys did well last week. Unfortunately, so good, so cool, who they both had didn't come through. But Joel's uh, got Invincible Legend up in the first in Sydney at a very nice price. And uh, then in the last, uh, Carl got us all out with Estriella. I am going to go... Um, so desperate am I to get something. I'm going to go place only. Race two, number 11 at Flemington. Cute as. Joel? Yeah, I'm going to take a, a page from the Carl Diorio book and go $5 each way on my two this week. And we're going to go Flemington, race three, number 10, which is Continental Kiss. 
and Ranwick, race eight, number 12, Steffi Magnetica. Yep, and I'll go 10, the win on Bel Air, and the last at Flemington, race 10, number 11, and five each way on the value bet, Karini, race nine, number 10. Excellent. All right, that just uh, leaves us to remind you to pick up your winning posts if you haven't already. It is uh, online as we speak to you. It is in the shops first thing Friday morning. Your form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday, all your favourite features and plenty of good reading. Besides, have a great Lightning Stakes weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners. We'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.